0: Good afternoon, guys. Welcome to the D.L.C.N. Show right here live from home. We will have a great show today. I have an interesting, fun, professional guest. You may have known him from News 12 Bronx. Um, You may be seeing him in the field covering different stories and trials, that our communities are faced with. I wanted to bring him on because I wanted to give him his flowers and also to talk about his upbringing. What else does D.L.S. do on the D.L.S. show? Get one-to-one, right? So we can get to know our guests a little bit more in depth. So I would love to bring on Anthony Carlo from News Bronx 12, who has an amazing uh, story and also a resume. And we want to bring him in now so we can talk some business. Well hello there.
1: Hi, how are you? I can hear you now. You look amazing. <laughs> Me, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm do I'm just I'm taking the sun right now. That's what my um I'm getting out a little earlier from work nowadays, so I'm able to take the sun while it's still out.
0: Nice, nice. It is a nice day. It's not as hot as yesterday, so I was able to go for a quick bike ride before speaking with you.
1: I saw, that's awesome. It's You know what, honestly, I don't mind the heat. It was really hot the last few days, but um, I'm, I'm like a summer person. I enjoy the hot weather. When's your birthday? It's actually in December. Oh! So I was born when it was cold out, but that's why I like the summer. It was too cold out. <laughs>
0: I love the summer, it's so I'm a summer baby. So I'm good with the heat. But yesterday it was kind of tough being on the bike. The, the streets were like really steamy, and I'm like, okay, this is this is not as fun as I thought it would be.
1: <laughs> no, I know it's that's the one thing. It's tough when you're when you're trying to uh, exercise, and with gyms closed and everything. I've been doing the same thing. I've been going on. I have a little stationary bike, and um, you know I work out outside. But it, you're you're drained after like a half hour. You're really tired because of the heat. Absolutely. How's
0: quarantine been treating you? How, how have we been going through
1: that? <laughs> well, I never really had, you know, the funny part about it was, you know, I, I always went to work throughout the whole process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I never really felt like, you know, life was as different as it could have felt for other people. And I was almost grateful for that because I thought about, well, what if I wasn't going to work? you know, how would I feel? You know, I'm sure I would have been depressed because, you know, you just feel like there's nothing. You have no purpose. You're yeah. just cooped up at home every day. So, you know, for me, um, we changed the way we worked a lot. Um, you know, especially when things were bad, we were isolating more, doing a lot of interviews this way, just like how you and I are. Um, and I was really grateful for that because it was scary. I mean, to be around a lot of other people like we normally would be. Right. Um But life, you know, retained some sort of normalcy for me, believe it or not.
0: That's great to hear, which forced you to probably be in some situations because we have been dealing with a lot between the quarantining, the violence, the rioting. You know, you're serving our Bronx community. So first, I do want to thank you and give you flowers for that because it is a brave position to be in and it's very Thank empowering. You. Yeah, absolutely. And you're on the front line, you know. It's just as dangerous as anybody else's job. How how do you do you, how do you prepare yourself for that daily? Is it sure something enough. you think about or you just kind of go with it and like
1: you know, I'm a, I'm a go with the flow type of person, so mm-hmm. you know, I try and, you know, I try and roll with the punches as best I can, but I I have to be honest, you're right. The last few months was crazy. I mean, I you know, I've been in news now doing this for like four or five years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, you know, fairly, you know, it's sort of like the start of my career and um, I had never experienced anything like this. I mean, neither have you, nobody has Um, just where like the, the past few months, it was kind of like nonstop, just, just, we got hit almost repeatedly. And um, it was, it definitely took a mental toll. I think, Um, you know, for me, it was, um, it was tough in moments where you knew that you were going out there, you were trying to do your job, and you were up against a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, throughout the whole thing, I kind of just went and did it. You know, I I would stop and and think about it. But if you thought about it too long, you would just not want to go, you know? So you kind of have to, it's just like you mentioned, like the people who, you know, the real heroes out there, the the medical workers and the the first responders, they can't think about it too long, otherwise, You know it's that instinct you know it's just in them to to do it so i kind of channeled my that that inner feeling to to be able to do it
0: so bring us back a little bit give us a little history of who anthony carlo is because you do have a resume (laughs) you are a three-time nominee for a reporter for reporting i should say
1: uh, which is an honor
0: right there so bring it us is. back into little Anthony Carlo.
1: <laughs> you sure you want to know now? Okay. Yes, of course. Okay. No, it's a good question. Um, all right. So so yes, you mentioned that um that's something I'm really proud about, the three time Emmy uh, you know, nominees, because you know, that that that's something that every reporter, every journalist, you know, strives for. And um, like I mentioned, you know, I've been doing this for a few years now, haven't been in this too long, but at the same time, I'm the type of person that really likes to be successful. You know I strive, nice. I strive to um to do a good job. It's just part of me. I, I enjoy what I do. I like to see good results. so it was it was bugging me that I you know, I had not received an Emmy nomination yet, uh, you know, in the first couple of years doing this. So um, you know, I was blessed to to be put on on some you know really big coverage, of course. With the junior case, um, and uh, you know it's a terrible story, and it was just something that, you know, I really feel I was put in a certain place for a reason uh, to cover that story and and do it um, as thoroughly and as I did and try as hard as I did, and that's what I did, and it was really rewarding to to walk away with it, um, getting that acknowledgement. You know, you don't do this job for the acknowledgements like that, but it's nice when you do get acknowledged, because it just, it, it sort of just further reinforces that you did your job and you did it well. Um, as far as growing up, I mean, I grew up in Yonkers. My dad is from the Bronx. My mom is from Yonkers. And, um, you know, I grew up uh, in an Italian family. Um, so we enjoy, you know, the Sunday meals and everything like that. I enjoy food a lot. Um, (laughs) I'm a big Yankees fan so the Yankees are back now which I'm very excited about Yes,
0: I was gonna get to that in a little while (laughs) yeah
1: I'm sure I'm mentioning everything you want to ask me right that's (laughs) all right we'll talk about it again um but that's yeah that's me that's pretty much me so you are an
0: uh Iona college graduate and you went into mass uh, media right
1: yes so that's right I graduated in 2015 now I'm getting old but uh it was, you know, it was, uh, it was tough for me there in a way because I, wanted, I knew I wanted to do something like this, but, you know, I shied away from it early on in my student career because I wasn't sure if I was able, if I'd be able to get a job doing it. You know, everybody wants to yeah. be on TV and do things like that until, you know, you're, you're faced with, okay, can I actually get a job doing it? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I, st- I stepped away from it for a little bit in college and I went back. Uh, in my junior year. And I really felt like my back was against the wall. I said, I got to do something here. Otherwise, I'm going to graduate college and not have a career. So I really tried hard those last couple of years of college. I did five internships. Um, I really, you know, I tried to network as best as I could. And, you know, one thing led to another. And I was really, really blessed coming out of college because I got a job right away at New York One. Um, Yeah. And then I was able to to quickly and actually less than a year turn that into my job now in new swell so it's it's been a fun ride so far
0: yeah you hit the the big dogs fast <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no wasting time
1: and no i wasting time
0: and Iona, own a college you did win um the warming wolf award right for best tv yes. package or
1: reporting that's right so i did um so i did it there was a couple of things see that was part of college it was i tried to get When I realized that I had been a little behind the first couple of years of college, I really tried to do as much as I could those last couple of years. So I got involved with, um, uh, with a local public access station Mm -hmm. called LMC TV. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was able to win a little award there called best news package, which they were doing just themselves, like right in the community there. And then I also, um, was given the Warner Wolf award for best, um, tv sports reporting and that was an award that my college gave me so i was very proud about those
0: i mean that's confirmation because like you said you you really had your wall you had your back against the wall you didn't really know what route you wanted to take and then you start doing the media and those are like confirmations that makes you like want to keep going so absolutely by the time you get the job at new york one you have these accolades already you have these awards which is awesome
1: it was nice It it gave me you're right it gave me a little push you know what i mean to because you know I'm also I'm also not the type of person that walks around like oh I'm I'm the best or whatever you know I don't I don't really you know I just I don't see it and and like it, you know I think a lot of people struggle with that because they may be really good at something but you don't necessarily have to come out and be be cocky about it but you also have trouble re- being confident as well and realizing you know I'm doing a good job here but it's nice you're right because you get those little awards and it it pushes you to do better. You realize that you can do this.
0: You are so speaking my language.
1: (laughs) speaking my language
0: because it's been about six years consistently that I've been doing media and the goal is to have my own television show. And I started from nothing, not even a follower. And I'm still organically growing and, you know, the confidence comes from your guests and people watching you. Yeah. Sometimes you're not too sure if you have it or not.
1: No, but, well, I could tell you one thing. You have it. I, I've only been chatting with you for a few minutes, but I could see that. And <laughs> I'm flattered to be a guest on your show because I've seen some of the guests you've had and I'm like, okay, I guess yeah. I have a little, I'm in a good crowd here. You're in a good crowd.
0: Bad. You're in good hands. I would love <laughs> to have you in the studio once we get settled in. Of course. Um, so we started as field, right? Yes. Reporting. But now yeah. we're kind of seeing your handsome face as an anchor, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, a little bit. I've been I've been transitioning to uh morning anchoring a little for my coworker and actually a really good friend of mine, Asian McKenzie, who um she's out um having surgery and she's gonna be coming back um next month. But in the meantime you know, we've, we've had a few different people filling in. We've all, you know, everybody's been doing a great job, and they, they asked me to fill in a little bit. Um, so I couldn't turn that down. Um, now, I don't know if everybody's sitting at home saying the same thing you are. They might be saying, who is this guy <laughs> anchoring <laughs> right now? Um, but I've enjoyed it. It's really, it's 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 fun. I enjoy the, the switch up, you know, getting to, you know, polish up anchor skills because, um, you know, I've been out in the field – for the majority of my career so far, not really anchoring much. Um, and it's it's cooler in the studio. You know, you're not sweating as much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been fun.
0: It's a lot of, um. it's a waiting game. Like you get ready and the anxiety is there. Everything's a rush, rush. And then you sit there for like minutes at a time, just waiting for production to get together, right? You're
1: so right, you're yeah. so right. Everything, it's like, you come in and I've been doing, because I've been filling in on the early morning shifts. So I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and, uh, you know, I have to be in by four. Um, and the first show was five. And then, nice. you know, it's funny because with the morning shift, you, you're kind of like, you know, when you first wake up, you're half asleep. So when no. you go into work, you know, things are kind of calm. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's the morning. We're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually I find it a little more relaxing than doing like nighttime anchoring because nice. I feel like, you know, everybody's awake at nighttime. We've already had the day go by. You know, so the morning is a, a little bit more relaxed, in my opinion. But you're right. You, you get, you know, you try and get all the, the jitters out before you go on. And there's all this preparation. And then, you know, you're waiting for everything to start. And then, boom, it's over in 20 minutes. So,
0: Absolutely. So what does it take for a reporter to get ready for his day at work? What does it entail? How does the Ooh, night before look for you?
1: A lot of coffee. a lot of (laughs) of
0: coffee okay
1: so lately on this shift on the morning shift anchoring i've been drinking more coffee i was never the type to wake up and need coffee to get awake i would normally you know wake up granted i was waking up at a more normal hour than Mm -hmm. 3 a.m but i would wake up just get my day going try and exercise eat breakfast whatever now i need the coffee when i wake up so i go to work (laughs) i have a couple of cups of coffee um you know when you're reporting you come in you find out what your assignment is and you really don't have a lot of time sometimes to prepare for your, your story. Mm Um, you call a manager, you call an assignment editor, you get cleared to go out and report on whatever you're reporting on and they'll catch you up. You know, they'll tell you, this is what we're covering. This is what we want the angle to be. And you know, this is what we expect as far as deadlines. So you may find out your story is um, covering something at, I don't know, 4 PM. They want you live at five. Um, and then a full story for 10. Um, So that's how typical days go when you're out in the field. Now, anchoring is different because when I come in in the morning, um, you're there with a producer, a director, you kind of take a look at the show rundown as they Mm -hmm. build it. You're gonna read over your scripts before you actually go in the studio. So make sure you're familiar with everything. You don't wanna be on the air Mm -hmm. looking like a moron because you can't pronounce a word or a name. (laughs) So
0: and it happens.
1: <laughs> it happens. It ha- Listen, it happens to the best of us. Uh-huh. And, but I, I will say that preparation is big with that because yeah. for me, you know, I never, I feel like over preparation isn't the way to go either because you get hung up on too many things. And in my opinion, it just makes you more nervous than you should be, but yeah. being adequately prepared that that's a given you got to do that
0: yeah i've learned that my style is kind of a freestyle and it's kind of like a conversation but yeah. there's certain there's certain notes you gotta hit and that's when you have your sheet there with your little bullets but if you practice too much it becomes rehearsed and then it's not genuine and when you're with a guest anything happens you have to feel the vibe first and see how that person buys with you to just Some people are not natural at it. And then we have us. I'm not going to tweet my horn, but (laughs) we're natural with it that we don't need to do all this preparation, so-called. Maybe more research.
1: I agree with you. I agree. I think certain personalities like yours, you know, you, you know, it's more of a conversation. You know, I like to put it that way. And I could see you treat the situation the same way because I feel like even when you're going into interviews, Mm -hmm. a lot of the questions I think of, even though you may know the topics or you, you prepare for the topics, you think of them on the fly, because whatever your interviewee is saying, you're going to play up. you know, you're going to uh, bounce off of that. Absolutely. So, so I could see you do the same thing, but that's good. I like that because it's, it's a natural, you're right. It's a very natural um, approach to the, to the situation.
0: Now, there are individuals that you have to have an interview with and actually pull teeth because they're just not...
1: Yes, yes. And that's the and
0: challenge. We don't
1: like those people. <laughs> we don't like, we, we should just tell them, you know what, you stay home. We'll interview the people that are easy to talk to. But, um, but you're right, you're right. And, and that is a challenge. Um, but that's where I feel that the, more, the longer you do this, the more experience you have. So then you know how to deal with both types. And when you start out, you say, oh, this is going to be an easy day. And then if you notice they're the type that it's like pulling teeth, you just know what you're in for
0: absolutely so tell me something you went into news but why not sports because i know you're a sports fan like you said you love yankees and i know you must get excited to do the stories on location and all that good stuff but why i know you started off with like cbs sports and all that good stuff as an intern
1: correct absolutely yeah you're right about that and um so that's a good question. So when I, so, cause when I grew up, I'm a big Yankees fan. Like I said, I always dreamed of either being a, a pro baseball player, right? BX. Right. Um, or, or, you know, even just even like broadcasting the games. Like I like listening to the announcers that, um, that call the games. So, you know, my dad said to me one time, why don't you think about that? And, uh, I thought about it and then I went to college and I started doing the internships and, somebody at one of my internships who was actually a sports anchor also did news. And he said to me, uh, he said, you should think about being able to do both because a it's easier to get a job, you know, when you know how to do more. Um, And, and, and B, you know, one might say there's a lot less men in news and, and um, you know, sports, even though there's a lot of women in sports nowadays as well, you know, you you see a lot of men in sports and and you see a lot of retired athletes in sports
0: yes
1: so so i decided to try out news and i said you know what i like this and i really started to develop a passion for it and now to be honest with you sometimes i can't even see myself doing sports that's how crazy oh the last few years have been doing news it's just completely like showed me a different world that i really liked um, and who knows what the future holds, but that's where I'm at right now.
0: It's very spontaneous because every day something new is happening and they're sending that's you to different is. places and then you're dealing with the communities and you're dealing with celebrities and you're dealing with organizations. Like it's, it's, it's not putting you in a box. It's not putting you in a bracket where sports is kind of like, you know,
1: that's what it is. I agree.
0: Yeah,
1: I agree when you do, you know, it's funny and I love sports, still love watching sports, but when you do news, you're right every day. It's something different. And even yeah. though you may repeat and do similar stories, you know, some would, would say that every story is different. You just have to try hard enough to look for the differences. And, um, and that's what has been really exciting. You're right, because you never know what you're walking into, especially mm-hmm. like breaking news. And, you know, there's always something crazy happening in the Bronx, so. Oh,
0: tell <laughs> We're me never about really it. You know, with tradition. a crazy borough. <laughs> <laughs> so much going on. Speaking of which, um, is self-image a thing for men and news as much as females?
1: Hmm, that's from your a good experience? one. Are you, yes. I, I'm
0: sure you're self-aware too because I see that you work out and you dress very well and you put yourself together. So,
1: Thank you. Thank is that a you. Thing?
0: Yeah.
1: At least you notice. At least somebody noticed. Of course. <laughs> um, yes, I think it is. I think that, you know, um, there's certain stations, it's funny, you know, you'll watch and you'll say, you know these that they, they can't be really i guess picking and choosing based on looks you know i don't ever think that is a right thing to do right. cuz i think that you're judging people on their looks and not their talent or skills and and i think that it should always be you know based on how good you're at you do right. with something um that being said it is it is a very um very much a business where your personal appearance matters yeah. so you do not want to be in front of you know, X amount of viewers and have people criticizing you on your looks. So with that being said, uh, man or woman, I think you go into it every day uh, trying to look your best. And um, I think that uh, self-care, I mean, at least for me, you know, exercising and, and trying to look good, you know, that's a morale booster too. You know, it helps with how you feel. And to me, the better you feel, the better you perform and the better you do. So that's my personal approach to it. And I think, Um, In the business in general, I think that you do see men, just as much as as women, you know, pay attention to how they look and how they present themselves.
0: When you walk into a a newsroom or a news um, network, are they picky of how you look? Are they still doing something like that to fit a certain demographic? You know... you know, like CBS versus Fox News. Do you think,
1: you know? Sure, sure. Um, you know, I think that as and you know, I'm not I'm not a news director or like part of the hiring team of any of these places, so I can't really speak for them. But what I can say is, um, you know, when you know when I got hired, I think there was a um, that it was a factor about how you know I dressed and and how I presented myself. I think that's always going to be a factor wherever you go um whether certain stations try and uh fit a demographic or whatnot i think that in general um stations try and fit the need of best representing the community i mean you want you want to be watching people that look like you and and that that make you feel comfortable and that you can relate to so i think anywhere you go i think that's generally the rule of thumb um and i think personal appearance you know Straight across the board, I think, even in other career paths, I think is always good. Because remember, when you see, that's the first thing you see. How does somebody look? How do they present themselves? So I think that everybody should always take that seriously.
0: I thank you for that. Because um, a lot of individuals have gotten lazy with physical appearance. (laughs) And like you said, that that says a lot about you. and, And people react differently towards you when you have a certain persona, a certain look. So yeah thank you for that um absolutely what's the most exciting story you've done what excites you you know you have hmm. you have community you have um crimes you have sports yeah like, what gets you like all right i'm ready
1: what fires <laughs> what you adrenaline on? pumping right yeah i should i should before even moving on to this i should make a I should make a comment about my outfit today. I don't look as spiffy with my tie and suit and everything. I
0: love it. You are chilling right now.
1: It's a relaxed look. I was I was actually working. I was doing work from home today and and planning and uh, pitching stories. So this is my relaxed look. But
0: um, pitching uh, stories, that's a process. And you got to be ready for rejection, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's okay. for sure. I think that that's one thing in this in this business you always have to be ready for. Uh, but you know, like speaking of stories, like you were saying, um, you know, which stories excite me. So, you know, I think that interestingly enough, you know, after covering a full trial and um, you know covering a quite a bit of crime stories, um, that's the one thing I've been telling people lately when they ask me that. You know, I would say that that crime stories interest me a lot more now than I ever thought they would. Yeah. And going back to that world where I was first trying to get into sports and whatever, that was like the last thing on my mind. Like, oh, I want to go report on a on a, you know, heinous crime. You know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. see in in uh, in New York City sometimes they're really all over. But um, but that's one thing because you know, you do feel like you're making a difference for the community and for the viewers, because there's a lot of people um, that depend on the news to know what they need to know to keep oh, them safe yeah. uh, and to be in the know when it comes to really high profile cases. So I think especially after covering the whole the, the junior uh, story and first trial, I really um, developed uh, an interest and, and um, I really look forward to doing those types of, of stories for the community.
0: Yeah, you did a really awesome job with that. That's actually how um, I got familiar with your name and your face because I was very involved with that case uh, emotionally sure. too. And spiritually sure. in some sort of sense. And sure. um, you were out there. So like this day, you're still giving updates. Can you give us a quick update on that case if you can?
1: Yeah, sure. Um,
0: stand with it?
1: Yeah, sure. So... You know, I think, I think that, you know, you're right. It was just, it was a case that, that changed so many people. And there's still so many people that, that care about it. And that's why I, I take the pride in continuing to update. And the last update that I did was, um, uh, for, uh, the anniversary, you know, the, um, anniversary of juniors, juniors murder and years, right. Yeah. And also, and also speaking to, um, the, um, you know, speaking to the criminal justice side of it, because we know that there was a first trial and we know that five guys got you know convicted of the top charge and they're going to spend life in jail. But we know that there's eight more people. And that's what was one of the most unique parts of this case was that there were so many people involved oh, that were. Yeah. yeah, that were charged. And I think it's a really interesting thing to see how during this pandemic, things have slowed down. And, um, you know, the, the update that I have really is that the eight guys awaiting their day in court, they're still waiting. You know, we, there was a control date in July uh, mm-hmm. earlier this month um, to, to really touch base and for both sides to regroup. But their dates, their court dates have been pushed now to, I believe, September. Don't quote me on that, but their court dates have been pushed. And I anticipate it continuing to get pushed until they feel comfortable having a jury sit in a courtroom again and um you know they meaning the 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 court system and um it's and also the public because it depends on how willing um the public is to you know sit in there and feel safe so it'll be interesting to see how and when this all unfolds but you know hopefully i will be there to um deliver the updates
0: did you think that this case would be such a such a huge case when you first got it, or it was kind of like, okay, I'll do it?
1: <laughs> you know, I you know I knew it was big when it first happened. You know, and Sorry. and I was um, actually on vacation when it first happened, and I came back that Monday to cover like his wake and his funeral. Um, so it was really right off the bat that you know I jumped in to help the team cover that story. Right. Um, And I don't think that, you know, I knew that it was big from right off the bat because of the arrests they were making, Mm -hmm. the way the police department was coming out and holding press conferences and letting people know this is who we've gotten, this is who we still need to get. And I think that came from how many millions of people were so invested in it after his video went viral, you know, Mm -hmm. the way that that all happened and how terrible it was. Um, When I got assigned to the trial coverage, I think that um, it was intimidating. You know, it was intimidating because I hadn't covered a trial, uh, never mind a high profile murder trial like that from start to finish. I hadn't had never done that. So getting assigned to that, it was, it was daunting. And uh, I went and I did it. And, you know, I thank God to this day that I was able to, you know, do it effectively. And, and uh, it was really something I'm proud of. Um, And I knew that, from just putting my coverage out there gradually throughout that whole process I saw how big it still was to so many people so
0: and that's that's basically reading and researching in order to put these things together right
1: yeah so i mean to to you know to be ready to do that i have to be honest when when you're on a story like that and it's your beat and you're yeah. there constantly every day you almost just become so accustomed to learning and, and talking about it that every day is just like another day you're soaking up all the updates and the knowledge yeah. and you become so knowledgeable about it. And that's how you know, I wound up with the opportunity with MTV doing the interview during their um, yeah. real uh, true crime um, segment. And they did a great job with that. Yeah. And I was able to do an interview just about covering um, a particular part of the case in court. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Do you get, emo-
0: do you get um, first of all, how do you handle it emotionally? And also, um, do you have spiritual connections to these cases? Because you're so involved and you're living and breathing it. It's like when you're an actor and you're playing this role that someone passed away. Sometimes Absolutely. you just like, they just like kind of live in you. Have you ever experienced anything like that?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So, so that's such a great question. Because journalists, especially, I mean, you're you're going out, you're covering so many stories like this on a daily basis that sometimes you feel like you're you're desensitized to, to what's right. going on or you're numb. You know, you hear all these these bad stories one after the other. And it's difficult sometimes to, uh, you know, to to humanize it and realize, listen, this is not normal. I mean, this yeah. is this should make you feel upset. And I, I think that that was one of those cases in particular where no matter how much we heard about it and you know how prevalent it was, you still, you were broken by what happened and seeing what that family had to go through. So yeah, there were moments, very emotional moments that I had throughout that whole process. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing because I think we're all human and you can't hide that part of what you are. So, and there's no point in that. I mean, as people listening to reporters, you're listening to another human. There's a difference between being human and then also making sure that you're still fair and unbiased. And I think there's a way to do both, you know, be a human reporting the unbiased facts.
0: Yeah, us as viewers, we respect vulnerability and emotions. Yeah. We're able to relate and it just shows that you're human because when, yeah. I, when I was growing up, everything was so serious on TV. You had to speak a certain way. Now everything's kind of like more free, you know, you're sure. to have a little more fun with it. Um, sure anything on brandon Hendricks? because i know you was doing that case too like this junior case brought you into like this whole world of sad cases but i mean the fire is there so why not right
1: i i know no it's and you're i mean it's terrible like how you know with, with his story i mean you have you know the whole junior thing happens a couple of years ago and then you see something that you know is so similar and and you just say to yourself wow like not much has changed in, yeah. in, in this respect. You know The, the Bronx still struggles with um, gang violence and, and young people getting involved with the wrong people and getting their hands on you know, things that, that they, they shouldn't be involved in. And it was yeah. sad to see um, in the Brandon Hendricks case, another young, uh, good person from what everybody who knows him has said uh, you know, meet a demise like that at, at at the beginning of his life, especially with a career that he could have possibly had, um, you know, in basketball in some sort, yeah. you know, and th- that was even more heartbreaking. Yeah. So covering that, I mean, it was just sort of like, wow, this is, it's a reminder yeah. that um, this stuff is still happening. And like, we have to, you know, we have to stay vigilant and we have to keep the pressure on the elected officials to make changes and keep improving. these laws that, you know, will help hopefully, um, you know, bring an end. And and it's so much more than that. You know, it it really comes down to the community's efforts as well and how much they care about um, making a change. And we see so many community members out there that are very passionate about seeing this type of stuff end. Um, So, yeah, and and, and as far as an update, I haven't, uh, you know, covered that in a few weeks now, um, but I know there was an arrest made you know, somebody has been charged. Um, so I know that, you know, it's moving in the, in the right direction.
0: So speaking about community, um, you do career days. You go speak to our youth.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I love that.
1: Thank you, you know, so much.
0: The kids need stimulation. And for some reason, they've always been fascinated with media. And I feel like that should be like part of their, like yearly curriculum, that there's people that come in and let them know that, You know, look at me, this is where I came from. And yes, you can do this. How is it working with you? Like, what do you think we need to do as a community and society to be there for our kids or for young boys or of any race, you know, any gender?
1: I think you're so right. I mean, you're, I think that a lot of times, you know, the engagement in school and the, the, you know, the interactivity where you're actually bringing in people who do the job that you maybe one day want to do? That that means more um, than 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 anything, in my personal opinion. Because you know, I experienced it firsthand. I saw in school that when you met other people that 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 made it, that did it. You know, you you were in awe. You know, you really appreciated that connection with them. And it's you're right. It brought you a realization that hey, I can do this too. I'm actually meeting, talking to you know, shaking hands with the person that's doing what I want to do. So that's my number one thing. I'm a huge fan of that. And that's why I know life has changed now. But pre-pandemic, I was the first one to want to go and talk to the kids because they love it. You're right. They have a there's something that they think is so glamorous and, and interesting <laughs> to them about TV. And I, I could tell them sometimes it's not as glamorous as you think it is. We all strive to get to that point one day where hopefully it will be. But um, it's hard work and being there and being able to talk to them about that, you know, there should be a programs set up where it's not just when somebody can on a, on a career day or whatever, but consistently, like once a month, yes. you know, or, or, you know, like twice a month, mm. come mentor the kids. You know, I think that that because then they don't forget about it. Because I mean, think it, kid, kids are young; they're impressionable. Things go in one ear, they go out the other. Right. So if you're consistently there, you know, you become a, a, a figure in that in that child's life, and I think that's what um, that's what there needs to be more of.
0: I love it. What are you dealing? We're gonna be ending in a few minutes, but what are we dealing with as in race? Have you gone through any hardships being Italian? Getting into media world or do you feel like you've been kind of accepted easier than someone else because of the color of your skin? I don't wanna put you on the spot. I know that
1: It's a fair question.
0: Yeah, media it's it's not easy for any of us really.
1: No, no. And I and I think that, you know, I think that it's getting it's it's moving in the right direction. I think that we're seeing, you know, thankfully, uh, a progression in in diversity and, and getting, like we talked about before, representation of the community, Mm -hmm. regardless of your, 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 the color of your skin, your race, your creed, whatever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there are people that are talented out there and that deserve a shot and that deserve to have their skills and their talent showcased And they're going to work hard. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to see that, um, you know, in, you know, right where I am, right where I work for, I see that every day and I think we're growing in that respect for me. I'm thankful that, um, you know, personally, I, I, I can't tell you I experienced any, you know, hardships where I would say, you know, oh, I didn't get this opportunity because of this, that or the other. You know, right. I've been, um, you know, privileged and blessed in the sense that, you know, out of school, I was able to, like I said, get a job right away. And I think that for me, always my work ethic spoke the most mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. That's what I think has been the most important thing that employers looked at, you know, and I'd I'd like to say that because I really work hard and I think that, you know, I'd like to think today more employers are looking at that. And if they're not, they should be over anything else. They should be looking at how committed you are, how passionate you are um, and how hard you work. And I think that was really the X factor for me coming out of school, landing that first job um, and then being able to, get the d- job at new 12. It wasn't handed to me. I will say that it was not handed to me. I had to spend a lot of extra hours at New York one, putting a reel together, you know, staying when I wanted to go home working six days a week when I really should have been, you know, you know, really wanted to, to, to work five or whatever the case was.
0: Right, right. So, yeah. How was it? What, yeah. How was it being in the streets while all the rioting was going on, especially when you was at Bay Plaza, because they had this whole threat that they were gonna like burn down the whole shopping center. Because that's when we were dealing with a lot of the looting.
1: Yeah, so there was there was a threat at that point that um, you know police sources I had talked to at that time said was a credible threat um, that yeah. there was a poster circulating on social media, you know, insinuating, you know, stating that some sort of uh, looting would be done at Bay Plaza. As I was there, it didn't happen. Um, I had gotten moved on to something else that night, but there was a lot of police presence there. Um, And I have to be honest, I mean, um, the the protests and the demonstrations I had been sent to um, were were done with the mission in mind, you know, with the mission of uh, promoting racial justice and things were done in an organized way. and, And I think that it didn't, the ones I went to, it did not get overshadowed by any, you know, rioting or damaging things or violence or anything like that, Um, it was actually the community uniting to get a message across. Now, I had co-workers, um, Michelle Ross, you know, uh, another reporter who went to looting and rioting on Fordham Road and uh, was there when it was going on. Um, And she could speak much more about that but you know she was there when fires were being lit and you know things were very chaotic so we our boots were on the ground for all of it you know the the um the demonstrations the the rioting as well or the looting um but i will say i was there for the aftermath uh was there for the cleanup and also saw the community come together and really make a difference in that way and improve the community you know what had been done there was a lot of stores that were damaged and you know it was, like I said, it's been a really interesting past few months. It's just, yes. it's felt like just nonstop. And, um, you know, I think 2020 is going to be a year that goes down in the history books for sure.
0: Oh, do you think that? Really? <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a moment to remember. I'll tell you that. I didn't think in our time or day that we would be in quarantine for months. No. But- it was no. we, very weird in the beginning, but it's actually been a very an amazing blessing for me and a journey. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we That's just need it. to reset. We need to be forced to just stay in one place, so we can just get a little more creative and how to spend our time and what to move away from.
1: It's so, interesting you say that because yeah. it makes you look at life differently. You know, oh, I mean, it absolutely. makes you, It makes you grow in different ways and and, and uh, adapt. And I think you're right. I think I've noticed the same thing. You have to look for the positive in everything, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, people, individuals, they panic when things are changing, but we adapt as human beings. Like, I know a lot of people have adapted and now it's kind of like, go back to work. Like, do I really want to <laughs> be there now? You know, That's do I really want to jump on the train now? You know. I
1: hear you. I hear you. Yeah. It's, changed. it's changed people's perception of everything. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how when, you know, may, things may change for good for a lot of places. You know, people may work from home forever. I
0: happen. think it's been needed. I think it's been needed with the technology and, and just how everything's moving. I think we should, like, reevaluate how we've been moving for the last hundred years, you know what I mean? Just to put a number out there, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Have, you ever
0: felt in, in, have you ever felt in danger on a case? Was there any time that you felt in danger?
1: You know, it's there, there's times where we, you know, we do get sent to, um, you know, to crimes that that didn't happen long after we actually get there, you know, and yeah. there's, it's an active police scene, you know, and I don't think that. In many of those places, you really feel in in real danger just because the fact that um, there are there are police there and and uh, it's an active crime scene mm-hmm. for a reason. I think there are times where you do find yourself in a, in a higher crime neighborhood. Or something where you're, you definitely have to, uh, be on higher alert. And I think that, uh, covering the, the junior case brought me some experiences where I had gone into the neighborhood where, uh, he was killed and I had done interviews with, uh, investigators who had, uh, knowledge of the gang that was responsible for the killing and, you know, had been there interviewing them in broad daylight. and, And I had them, you know, point out to me, you know, that's a gang member there or that's a gang member there. And and they would, you know, watch and listen and, and uh, want to know what was going on. And I had, a, you know, one experience um, where I had done a, a half hour special on the junior case with a specific focus on the gang that was responsible for the murder. And, you know, you see mid interview, the investigator I was interviewing says they're standing right behind you. And it was just something so raw, so, uh, you know, so, that, you know i had to include that because it showed that we were there we, yeah. we went there into the neighborhood where it happened and we were going to deal with whatever was um you know put forward there so i think that that's how the true journalism gets done yeah but at times um it's not always the easiest it, it can make you uneasy for sure
0: what's your favorite thing about the bronx since you're here reporting so much
1: oh there's so much i love about it you know I, the Yankees like I mentioned I love <laughs> just that you know that's that's always going to be up there um, you know Arthur Avenue mm-hmm. the, the Italian food that you can find on Arthur Avenue I gotta
0: stay away yeah. from there I'm trying to do good over here <laughs> Let's on say, Focus everybody stand. deserves
1: a treat you deserve it. everybody deserves a uh, cheat meal as we call it right <laughs> yeah um, you know but I have to say one of my favorite things is a lot of times the, the Bronx gets a bad rap about crime and, and oh you know you go don't go to the Bronx, you know yeah. something bad's gonna happen to you. there's so many generous people in the Bronx that just just genuinely nice people mm-hmm. that I meet. I'm an out and they're so friendly mm-hmm. and they make you feel right at home. So if that's one thing that I've learned working in the Bronx the last four years has been that that you know it's like in ways, it's like one big family. it really is. Uh-huh. and um, I appreciate that really.
0: And we appreciate you.
1: I pre- hey, Listen, it's my pleasure to be able to do this every day. And, you know, it's um, like I said, I feel blessed to be able to do it.
0: If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing?
1: Oh, I would win the lotto, be, you know, just sitting <laughs> on a million dollars. <laughs> so that's what you would be doing,
0: playing the lotto so you can win and not.
1: <laughs> I think playing professional baseball, if that was like my, you know, because that's what I grew up, I guess, dreaming of, but at the same time, you you dream of things and you don't really know how it would be until you do it. So I, you know, I can't really, I guess I would throw that out there and say, you know, give that a shot, but I'm pretty happy doing what I'm doing.
0: I love that. One last word. Sure. What is your goal as a public figure in our communities?
1: Hmm. That's a, that's a great Great question. Yeah, like,
0: what do you want to be remembered for? What What do you want people to look at you and think and just remember about your coverage and your hard work? What's your goal?
1: You know, I think that um, I think that I've really come into my own being a voice for the people that 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 watch, and that's one thing that I really takes pride in. When I see, you know, I've been. I've been grateful for the opportunity to see my following grow a little bit on, you know, social media platforms like Instagram. And I live off of that. Like when I'm able to do a story that people care about and they follow me for, it just means that I'm using my platform for a good cause. So I like being the name that comes up when somebody says, we need to get attention put on this or we need to get a change. We need change to happen here. Who should we turn to? That's what I enjoy. If people say that about me, I think that I'm doing a good job. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So what are we What are we doing for the rest of the day?
1: Well, I have to finish up a little more work on uh, the story pitches that I've been working on. Okay. I can't tell you what they are because then everybody <laughs> else is going to steal them. Um, we don't want that. I, have... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. So I'm going to finish that up, maybe get a little exercise in and then probably hit, bet, uh, you know, um, hit bedtime a little early tonight because I have to be in it th- at uh, 4 a.m. tomorrow yeah. to do that morning newscast. So bright and early, I'll be up.
0: Yeah, I'm jealous of the sun that you have over here because over here in the Bronx, <laughs> it's kind of in and out. But
1: it's cloudy, right? I'm surprised too. It's, I didn't expect the sun today, but I, I'm, I'm taking advantage of it.
0: And good job with the Darcel Clark. I didn't get to check it out yet because I I need time to just kind of sit and just watch okay. it because I am interested to know what she talked about the, with the police reform and community relations, and she spoke about of gun course. violence. Um, is there any one last word that you want to just broadcast on that? Because those are um, community issues that we're having at a, at a high peak.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, right now, um, the, you know, history is being made and changes are happening that are going to last a very long time. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to have these, public officials weigh in on that because, uh, for her specifically, I mean, she's dealing with the issue of shootings on the rise in her borough that she's the top prosecutor. in. and when you have that, and it's being driven by gang violence, you know, you don't have an easy job. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to actually be posting that story to my Instagram since it aired already on news 12 today for anybody Mm -hmm. who missed it, I'll put it up in a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's important to, hold public officials accountable and also give them an opportunity to speak and and give their thoughts on what's happening and how they're taking action in response to that. So I think that that's really what that piece was about. Um, And one last word in general, I mean, I want to thank you for what you do, because I think that when you do this, you know, not only are you a great interviewer and you have a great personality, you do really well during these interviews, but um, these interviews help other people because when they listen to these, you know they look to you as this constant that's gonna bring people to you know your the audience and, and right. help them learn more about how people got to their certain positions. so that's I thank so you for doing this
0: thank you so much and I really appreciate that and I'm honored you know I, I consider you to be a, a public figure professional and that's why I want to come on where we are now to do it professionally so Things okay. that might sound right um, I want to wish you all the blessings in your career we will. I mean, I do want to meet you. Maybe we can go have some lunch <laughs> or something and just network. You know, I'm all yeah, about sure. business Yeah, sure. One hundred percent. The more I can learn, the better it, it makes me. You know, since I do want to be on television, that's kind of where we are already. Just Absolutely. I want to get to a higher plateau, of course. Absolutely.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, thank you for giving me your time and and trusting my platform. Now you are on the roster of the, the Essence Show. Get in line!
1: <laughs> I'm so happy I am. It was it's been a pleasure, and uh and make sure you um you know I can po- repost this somehow for sure. Okay. I want people to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely. Let me just fix it up a little bit, and then I can shoot it over to you, and then we can just put snippets around. And I'm gonna try. I'm gonna work on it so I can put it towards different um networks as well. Okay. Awesome. I'm excited um, for that. Oh, absolutely. And when we're back in studio, I want you to come in and sit with me and just sit out with me. Yeah.
1: You could count on it.
0: Absolutely. So we're going to leave on the quote of yours. Don't call it luck, call it God.
1: <laughs> wow. Look at that. You did your research. You really did. Thank you so much. That's, that means a lot to me, that quote, because I think it's very true, but it I is. like finishing on that note.
0: It is, you know, uh, and I don't want to ruin it by closing like this, but I don't believe in luck in this and in, in this career that i have i don't believe in luck i believe in blessings and and it, god kind of took the wheel and even with me finding a new lifestyle during this quarantine i've sat there for many months not feeling right um inside looking at myself on television saying oh can we just added 10 more pounds to me <laughs> <laughs> you know and i i kind of was just like whenever god's ready let me just surrender and this quarantine he just took the wheel now i'm working out every day it's, i'm kind of like addicted to it
1: look at that I'm,
0: i've lost 15 pounds i feel amazing
1: congratulations you know? yeah you, you look know. amazing
0: thank you and and there's certain people that would hit me up and say oh okay so we're not doing the diessen show we're doing modeling and i'm like no it comes hand in hand
1: <laughs> i'm
0: just trying <laughs> no, to show my progression i'm not trying to like be a model I'm. you have to look good
1: <laughs> absolutely no you're absolutely right i think this was a good time to um for everybody to try, hopefully take a look and see where we could all improve. So I'd like to think I did that in some respect as well. I see I gained the 15 pounds. You lost it, but it's all good. <laughs> I gained the I, I gained hopefully some uh, more intellect as well.
0: <laughs> you are awesome. Thank you so much for being here and we'll talk behind the scenes. Love you and keep doing what you're doing. Be safe in the streets, okay?
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll talk
0: soon. Thank all you, right, love. Bye-bye. All right, take it easy. So there you have it, Anthony Carlo from Bronx uh, News 12. I needed to bring him on to just network and and give him the flowers, and you know he he he's amazing. He's very humble. Um, he's out there front lines, and we have to recognize who is giving us our daily news because they're they are putting their lives at risk and also giving us the information that we need and updates. Like he had said, he is an amazing journalist. You know reporter and now anchor so i wish him the very best thank you all for tuning in and watching the and show live from home and uh see you soon and if not you better get in line have a good night guys